Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Review Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we have got round four of Super Rugby Altera and round five of Super Rugby AU. Wow, they're halfway through their tournament already. Um, doesn't that, uh, it only seems like yesterday has started, but there we go. Um, and uh, to join me to go through all of those games. Um, first up, um, we've got um, Ashwin. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? Not so bad, not so bad. Look, look, hey, I've even got my, my Blues jersey on. You've got your Blues jersey on, your Blues cap. Oh, wow. Must have been a good weekend for us. Um, then again. It was always well. a good weekend for us. <laughs> we live in the best place in New Zealand, in the world. Uh, in the world, yeah. I was say, best place in New Zealand is not in Auckland. It's in standing way. And also, um, and uh, Stephen Harris there, yeah, but he's got his Northland jersey on, not his, um, not a Blues jersey uh, this evening. But I guess it's part of the, it's part of the franchise. So there we go. How are you doing, sir? Very good, thank you, Paul. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, the show. And yeah, I have to agree with Ashwin. It's a great part of the world, right here in uh, Tamaki Makoto, the best place in New Zealand. It's all too crowded. It's a big smog. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big city. Well, let's be honest. Having lived in some proper big cities, it's not. Let's be, <laughs> but hey, it's all it's perfect sizing. So we kicked off on. Um, so what have we got? We got four games for you this week uh, from this weekend, guys. Uh, the Rebels versus the Waratahs on Friday night. Um, we then had um, the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs. With the Chiefs going into that uh, with the longest losing record in Super Rugby, um, equaled with the Highlanders. Would they be able to um, uh, beat or become the sole owners of that title, or would uh, um, or would they manage to beat the Hurricanes? Um, then we had the Reds versus the Western Force. And uh, finally, this afternoon, um, the Blues versus the Crusaders. And um, Ashwin, you were there at uh, Eden Park, weren't you? Um, so uh, first off, I mean, how was the crowd? How was the atmosphere? I, I was a bit damning of the crowd um, last the previous weekend, but that was when America's Cup was on. Um, was it better this weekend? Well, it's hard to tell, tell you the truth, because we were sitting there and kickoff time came along and it's like, like oh. The crowd doesn't actually look as big as what we thought it was going to be, but yep. by the time the and by the time the game had finished, it, it, I think we would have got to thirty plus possibly thirty five thousand. Oh, okay, 
I mean, I, I, look, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm pretty suck at looking at crowd numbers, to be honest. But based on the fact that there were 15, supposedly 15 at the Highlanders game, um, based on that, it looks like maybe 30, 35,000 at the Blues game. But yeah, um, I don't well, know what it looks like on TV. In the in the comment, it looked a lot better on the, on the TV, which I thought I'd bring it up. So I thought well, I, was trying, I was trying to be positive. I'm trying to go on the positive side of things. Um, I tell you what, Paul, it's a hell of a lot better than what we're watching from around the rest of the world. Big empty stadiums being played with no absolutely no crowds in front no, of big, them at big, all. I think people, no, people have Steve, just Steve. got. Yeah, I was going to say. Got, with, yep, sorry, Karen. I was going to say, just people have got the option at the moment. I think last year was a, a little bit of a what is it? an aberration from last year. We were all, all been locked down for X amount of time, and I think it was just really a peak. people's way of showing, let's, let's basically get out there. I think we've probably been through some turbulent times um, at, at the end, at the moment in terms of the economy, and I, I think it's just starting to, to bite a little bit. Bite. That's That's got a, a, a little bit to do with it. I know there's a heck of a lot of businesses that are, that are struggling in, out there at the moment, especially, you know, restaurants, bars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean to say, I, I thought it was an okay crowd today. They said it took off. There was around about between twenty three and 25,000 there. And um, they did say during the commentary there were still people stream, nah, streaming in. Listen, it's a bit of a mute point for me. I, yeah, I, I think it felt like there was more. I mean, I could, that's what I say. If it was 15 at the Highlanders game, there was definitely more than twenty. 20 or 23 um, at the game. They, oh, you know, basing it on the fact that they said there was 15 at the Highlanders game because the Highlanders game felt empty. So um, that's that's why. But it's like, I, I just, I was, you know, the stadiums aren't empty over, overseas, um, Steve. They've got big bed sheets filling up the stadium. Oh, yes. And crowd noise. I think we're just being a we're just being a little bit spoiled in it. But listen, no doubt about there's a, there's a lot of interest. And I would imagine there would have been a lot of people. You know, sometimes I always go to the social network and that gives you a bit of an idea in terms of how much interest you interest there is. And you only have to look at the social net, network, whether you're looking on the Legion of Marty Banks or in, indeed the Super Rugby website. And there's a heck of a lot of comment at the moment. So I think I think people people were basically paced, were, were, were tuning in today. I would have been really disappointed if it had been the same number as last week. Um, mm. uh, yeah, simple as that. Yeah, Simon says okay. here, that's why we need a new waterfront stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, to say, might as well park that one up for now because uh, that's, <laughs> there's that, no that's money around. Pie, that's probably pine the kite, the sky stuff. Sky. At, yeah, at, at the minute. So, it, it, yeah. Well, it is Sky uh, Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to say, they get. They get fourteen thousand at the Highlanders game, and it's really noisy. It's indoors. Oh, great crowd there! But it's only fourteen thousand, you know. But it's relevant to the space for size. It, it's fourteen. It's fourteen thousand if the students turn up. Oh, absolutely yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they turn up. They're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The um, but anyway, so um, folks, I, I thought yeah, definitely a better crowd this week uh, weekend. Still, not not the uh, not the forty odd thousand that they got for the Hurricanes last year, though. But still, I'd say a more healthy crowd um, than uh, than the previous week, which was when obviously we had the um, uh, that that the uh, the Eric's Cup. Anyway, so um, anyway, um, moving on. And um, what we might as well do for this next section is just um, remove Austin as he hasn't seen the uh, Australian rugby, um, and um, and uh, get get on to that then. So kicking us off. Um, on Friday, we had the Rebels versus the uh, Moritars. 
And look, I think we all came into this one expecting a comfortable Rebels win um, because, let's be honest, the Waratahs have been pretty poor uh, in this um, uh, this season. Um, and uh, whilst the Rebels may not have been scoring many tries, uh, they have been kind of uh, they, they have been giving the, the teams like the Reds and um, the uh, Brumbies a tough game. Um, looking at that though, but I mean. The Waratahs started off this one off really well. I mean, we seem to have more line break, more more, more breaks off the Rebels line um, defensively, more more clean breaks in that first sort of uh, um, ten or or, or, or so minutes, um, in the first five minutes. Then the then both the Reds and the Brumbies did all game, but there were no points to show for it, were there, Stephen? Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's sometimes when when teams are struggling a little bit, they make a lot of breaks, but they just can't seemed to finish them off, and that, and that was a problem. And you always kind of sensed for the Waratahs to really be in, in this game. They needed some early points, put some scoreboard pressure on, but it it, 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 it just didn't it just didn't happen at the end of the, at the end of the day, Paul. And of course, it was the uh, it, it certainly you know in, in between times while those breaks were, were, were being made, of course there was that early penalty to uh, Matt, Matt Tamua, but it was Anderson, the winger, who would go over for the first try of the game try of the game but um you know 10 nil yeah you know they're still making they're still making those inroads but man you've got you've got to take your opportunities and that's that was the issue for the Waratahs. Yeah it's a real strange question real real, real strange things going for the Waratahs at the moment. Um Jackson Jack Maddox taking the penalty early on. You think that's a bit strange when you've got some um, uh the um uh, one one of the most um, efficient um uh, kickers, but apparently he had a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a leg stra- uh, leg strain, so couldn't kick. But he's kicking from hand. Look, absolutely fine. Um, still sticking with Maddox on the wing and Nwanga Tuafi, Nwanga Tuasi, or uh, Marky Mark, um, as I like to use as that's his nickname um, at fullback, um, because uh, again, he, he he unfortunately looked um, uh, at sea at fullback for, for me uh, and. Or, 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 and uh, that really caused a bit of a problem um, in, uh, in in that one. And yeah, uh, the rebels did what the rebels do. They the, this time they actually they, I mean, they went for their tries. If they didn't get a, if they, if if um, if the Waratahs infringed, the, the rebels would kick it over. If the, if the Waratahs didn't infringe, then eventually a try would come. Um, and hence that's what they went about. So yeah, you say uh, three Matt Tamua, um penalties. Uh, Matt Tamu tried two conversions and that um, Anderson try, and it was 23-0 at halftime. Um, and after that early bit of um, uh, optimism about the Tars, yeah, I think at that point we all knew uh, that it was all it, it, it had all gone um, yeah. by that point. So, yeah, um, a bit of a uh, uh, the second half. Well, hey, look, the the the, the um, Rebels went on to win it. The Tars got a couple of late tries. But in all honesty, uh, that just added some respectability that didn't really exist on the scoreboard. There's a guy, there's a guy that's just posted who I thought we were just talking to five minutes ago, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, went, I, went and, I went and brought up the wrong one, sorry. Um, <laughs> Paul, the, I gonna, Paul, I was going to say, um, you know, that 13, that 13 points before halftime, um, just pretty much, you know, and, and obviously, obviously the Matt Timur show, with a, a try conversion and, and two penalties, pretty much took the game away from um, <clears throat> from the Waratahs, and you just felt from there on out they were they were pretty much it was a case of damage control, wasn't 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, this 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 team just um, uh, doesn't have it. I, a couple of players we do need to talk about. Um, Hans Posami um, looking really good. Um, uh, no, sorry, totally wrong game there. Because I'm talking about Hans Posami plays the red. Jump, 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 and you've got to remember, actually, the Rebels are doing this without players like um, Dame Halopetti, um, etc. So they've got Pickers, Anderson, uh, Illy, uh, all new guys in that back line who a lot of us wouldn't have known much about before this before this season. So you've got to say, hat tip to the, uh, to the Rebels coaching staff who have brought this team together. It's not the most exciting rugby, let's be honest. Um, or it wasn't early on. They get it that... As the uh, season's going on, they're getting more adventurous against the easier teams or against the weaker teams um, and scoring a few tries. So, yeah, you've got to say um, the, the, the coaching start Whereas, if you think about the um, the Waratahs, look, they're trying to be much more attacking. In the end of the day, if they'd gone down Wessel's route of, guys, we're going to learn how to defend and we're not going to do any attacking at all. Um, that's how the Rebels have gone about building their team. So, uh, yeah, look, it's um, they're going to be... They, they, they are improving on the attacking side, uh, and it's good to see. Mm. Um, oh, no. Well, I was, I was going to say an, another area where they probably had the better of the Waratahs too was just up front as well. You know, a lot of those penalties coming at uh, at, at scrum time as well, and uh, you know that, that's that's the thing. The the um, the Rebels just kept kept building the score, and when you've got that much sort of. Uh, Field field position, you know, it's eventually going to take it take its toll. So I suppose if there's any uh, plus for the Waratahs, they actually should, they actually showed a little bit of ticker as uh, Nocturnal Rights has pretty much reminded us. So uh, you know, by the Waratahs that they did they did score a couple of tries um, later in the game. Yeah, they did. Um, and Jack Maddox, um, amazingly, 137 meters running with the ball in hand. Um, I yeah, again, I, I, I I'm. I'm Surprised he has such good stats, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, Simon Yers make, makes a good point here. It's the first game um, in 18 months or a year and a half in Melbourne. Um, so great for the fans that uh, to be back home and be able to play there. Obviously, all COVID-related. And um, Paul, Paul uh, it, would be, it, it would be remiss of us not to mention the Matt Tamua try because it was a brilliant individual uh, try where he, where he basically... Uh, it probably says more about the, the defence of the, the Waratahs that he actually it got a pass which which wasn't the best of pass and he virtually had to double round and then he found some space up through the middle on the halfway, found himself at the fullback, put a kick ahead and uh, the bounce of a rugby ball bounces, you know, just bounces away from the fullback straight into the first five hands and, and he scores. So, you know, um, you know, fair, fair, fair play to him at the end of the day, but it probably tells you more about the... Uh, the uh, Waratahs than it does uh, the Rebels. Yeah, probably. As I say, they, look, you've got to say that um, the they the, whilst they were dominating that first half um, or in, in in charge, as you say, it took a moment of brilliance for them to score rather than their system scoring. Um, yeah. And I think that's they, they still do have to work on their um, uh, their, their their attacking structures. But yeah, and I was about to say, Paul, the other thing it, it took it actually. It took the rebel. The rebels won't exactly be pleased with this performance because it took them another sixteen odd minutes to get a, uh, to get their next points on the uh, on the scoreboard, and that came through via a uh, via a long range um, uh, penalty by by Hodge, just under the under the under the fifty meter mark. 
So you know, it, it, they obviously put in a put in a little little bit of a burst, which uh, which basically took them to twenty six points, and then they uh, they put on an, another try. So so when you think about yeah. it, with, with twenty odd twenty odd minutes, I think we, I think we've, we've 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 milked this game for as long as we can. They buttoned off, it's fair to say. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. Rebels got the win. We expected it. Congratulations. Move on. Um, the uh, So, um, <laughs> now I'll be honest. I <laughs> was a Blake of Arsenal there. Um, I um, totally. Are we, are we, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we back? Done yet. Um, oh, okay. Cool. Chiefs, I totally got myself. Um, all, all mixed up. Probably was the beers um, as I was at uh, um, Waihe versus or Katakati versus Waihe um, preseason game, doing the camera work for Waihe um, there on that one, and uh, totally got myself mixed up as to what, what the kickoff time was. I missed the first half of the uh, Hurricanes um, versus the Chiefs game. Um, so, um, one of you guys, uh, how, how did the game kick off? Oh, first five drop kicked it, and it started. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you looked at the same way that uh, that, uh, that Caddy Caddy restarted, that guy didn't know how to drop kick. Um, but... <laughs> um, what do you think, Steve? Oh, actually, it was pretty pretty even start. Oh, you're on mute, Steve. <laughs> We're Zoom call. It's a Zoom call. Uh, Steve, Steve, you have to take your mute off. <laughs> I was actually preparing myself just in case uh, Cornflake was going to be on tonight and he was going to troll us. So I was going to get the mute ready just to see if it was working. It was. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just in terms of this game, the, the way that it started, it started at a, at a, at a real high pace. And, you, and of course, both, both teams had scored a try each after 14 minutes. And you thought, geez, it's going to be one of this, this game we're tackling as an option because it actually, it actually felt like that. That's pretty much the way it started. And for Luke Campbell, it started really bad. He started with a couple of horrendous um, mistakes, but then he, then he was on the, the back up, uh, sorry, on the back end of a very good try where he still had to show a little bit of pace from 25 metres out, just beating Damien McKenzie to get the try. And that was converted by Barrett. And we thought, here we go. And then, of course, the uh, the Chiefs hit hit right back with a bit of a break during the middle. Now, the unusual thing about this was a, was a missed tackle from uh, from Ari Savia. Um, mm. I, I forget who made the run up the middle for the Chiefs, oh, that's right, it was Samsoni Takiaho who made the break up, up, up the middle. That was only after about, probably around about the 13th minute, and he found Caleb Trask just on the inside, and we thought, well, here we go. And uh, then before you know it, uh, a couple of minutes later, we saw uh, Ricky Riccatelli uh, charging down the down the flank, scoring a, tr- scoring a try. So it looked like it was going to be be uh, one, of those, one of those games, and the, the Hurricanes looked like they were in one of those moods, didn't they, actually? Absolutely. I think um, they were just really, everything was coming off for them. I mean, apart from, as you said, the halfback dropping those two very first two passes that, we'll get, that he received. Um, uh, but other than that, the, the the Highlanders really did seem to get in a roll. I thought the only time the Chiefs looked threatening was when Takiaho was taking the ball up. Actually, he made busts every time he pretty much got the ball. But other than that, it looked like oh, trouble for the Chiefs for the whole night. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, Paul, a player who's had a quite start to the to the season is uh, Nani Ramalpi, but we're actually we're actually seeing a little bit more of him in 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 this in this in this game. You know, is look, look like his, a little bit little bit more work rate, and he had a, uh, a bit of involvement in the uh, the next try with a 
with a, uh, with, a with a cross kick to uh, to Ray Assi, which at the time I thought wasn't the the uh, the best. Wasn't the play, but, but uh, Ray, Ray Assi, to be to be fair, is that uh, we all we all know what a really good uh, good athlete he is, and um, he basically um, he took the high ball and he showed a bit of strength to actually get over or force his way over in the corner, and of course. Um, Jordy Barrett kicks the conversion, and it's twenty six seven before you know it. And uh, hell's teeth, if you if you thought it was going to be a long night for the Chiefs, you you um, yeah, you probably would have been right if you know what I mean. But right before halftime, Chiefs had an opportunity to get back in the game, and they had a series of chances uh, close to the line. But credit to the Hurricanes, they held um, um, Brad Weber up over the try line, and that pretty much was the call for halftime. Paul, so twenty six seven, looking good for the home side. Yeah, yeah, look, my three dollars was safe on Hurricanes. So I thought, hey, this is this is uh, this is all going one way and um, brilliant. I'm 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 good again. But um, yeah, Ashwin, the first yeah, look, the first half showed um, something that um, we've been talking about. I think for at least the last two seasons, at least, is that it's just crazy how they leave Rayasi out. I mean, I think there was a ridiculous stat like he's played, or you know, he's had one game in the last three seasons or something. There was some really bad stat like that and it's just like but at the end of the day it's just crazy because the guy he's got class he's got finishing power um he gets involved across the field as well it's not like he just stays on his wing um and really he turned he turned a pretty average cross field kick from Lamapi as Steve talked about into a try when really that was through the hands and it was a much easier try <laughs> there was overlap for Africa there um yeah. and yeah so I, I sort of think that was the big highlight for me is the fact is that Geez, how they how they could be leaving Rayasi on the bench when he's a match winner, um, if they can create opportunities for him. Oh, it was, there were some great um, great signs for Silesi uh, Rayasi as well, especially with with his footwork. He's just his ability to to beat, to beat players. And uh, I thought the other real key thing during that that period, it, it just appeared to me that the uh, Hurricanes pack, especially at set piece time, were on top of the uh, were on top of the the Chiefs. But gee, one man. Who stood out for the Chiefs in in, in, in that first half? In fact, a, a couple of who stood out with, was uh, Samasoni Takiaho. Um, I thought he was huge, tr- tremendous with with ball in hand. Gave them a, a lot of uh, go forward. I, I also saw. I also thought um, uh, via the lock, the All Black lock was was pretty good value. And listen, Sam Kane. I know he cops a bit of bit of criticism from a lot of people, but boy, he was taking the ball into contact hard, but. You know some of the some of the Chiefs, some of their more named players, Anton Leonard Brown, making mistakes or defensive. Uh, you know, I, I saw him miss a couple of tackles. Which, missed a couple cru- crucial yeah. tackles. Um, yeah. Jordy actually in the opening star stanzas there basically um, pushed him off quite easily yeah. Yeah. and went yeah. round him. And and Etienne uh, Nanai Satoru, uh, for all his uh, his raw talent, we know how many he can beat defenders with uh, with footwork. Still got a little bit to do to learn in terms of defence. To be fair on that, yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve. I, I do agree with you. But, I mean, to also be a little bit fair on him, it's just like the Chiefs were just shoveling that ball sideways and he was ending up with three guys on him type thing. You know, he's, he's staying on that. What he probably, you know, that his game development is doing what Ryasi was doing, and you know, and it's like go looking for the ball as opposed to just hanging out on your wing. Because, like, you're getting three guys on you at the same time, the ball and you. They know because the thing is that, you know, Leading up to that game, I know, you know, it's like, who, where are the dangers in that Chiefs squad? Because un- until last um, Saturday night, 
there aren't that many dangers in that Chiefs squad, right? So you basically, where are they? And Saturo, Nanai Saturo was one of those um, weapons for them or one of those dangers. So they definitely marked up on him to make sure that he was kept contained. Cool. Um, what are you guys talking about? I've been digging around trying to find um, um, when last time stats for, um, uh, for, for for previous games, but I don't seem to be able to uh, find uh, what his um, how what, how many games he's had per season. Um, okay, here we are. Yes, yeah, so um, yeah, so 2019, two starts, um, a bunch of subs, uh, five subs. Um, Twenty last year, one game. As a substitute, this year two subs until today or until this and, weekend. And let's remember, and he's, he's, he's look, yeah. Look at look at the form that he's had in the last three seasons for Auckland at NPC level. Yeah, it's not like he hasn't got the runs on the board. Um, so it's like, and and it's just like when you look at the way the, hurric- the Hurricanes have travelled last year and travelling this year, it's like the kids got to you got to put him on the field. I mean, Julian Severe. You know, yeah, against all uh, Blues in that first game, put in an all right game, but geez, you, you know, you got to give someone like Ryasi a start ahead of Julian Severe, I'm afraid, because you're going to have Houston on the other wing. Yeah, look, if I get uh, there's, 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 a, there's a time and a place for experienced players, and uh, quite a few of these teams need experienced players, but yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Julian on the wing really adds a, a lot from experience for, for this team when you've got when you've already got some um, Jordy Barrett at fullback to really um, look after the back three uh, in, in that situation. So, yep. Um, and then, real well, um, we, yeah. we, we have that. And then at halftime, um, the, uh, uh, the the Chiefs seem to have their Gatorade or whatever they do drink or Powerade that I think they're sponsored by um, now. Because uh, remember, I remember one of the post-match interviews was, here, can you skull a, a blue Powerade? Um, oh. So um, the uh, so <laughs> so yeah, oh, so yeah, because yes, it's Coke. Remember well, the man who's there selling the stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, so so there we go. Um, the uh, so Stephen, yeah, if Parade would like to sponsor the show, I'll, I'll stop saying Gatorade. Uh, the um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they, before they even managed to get their scores, um, uh, DMAC had. Um, had uh, had one disallowed. Tier Tier then scored off a wonderful break by um, Dane McKenzie. Um, the uh, with the um, uh, well, I was, I was, no, sorry, the first one was actually wasn't even a break, was it? it was just an offload um, close to the line. Um, he then did his big break for Tier 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 then running away, running along with the ball like this in one hand. Uh, for those of you watching the podcast, it's a great visual for you. Um, the um, uh, I'm thinking, mate, you've there's no way you're going to be passing that. You're running down. You're running into a, a cul-de-sac of four players, or three or four players. Um, get two hands on it and pass it. And suddenly it comes out the back of the hand um, as, as just as he's running running action comes out the back. Uh, and Bradwell picks up and scores. And I'm like, okay, that's why he's holding it like that. No, no. I'll, here's a trivia question for you: Who was the player that received the pass from Tia Tia? The thing was, it, it wasn't Brad Weber because it got, he got an offload from somebody to Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the, and, and this we had some fantastic work from the replacement uh, Finau running up the running up uh, Fat Man's Alley, um, <laughs> basically 
took the pass and he offloaded to uh, to Weber, who scored. So I thought there was some wonderful, wonderful support play, if, if we recall, uh, to provide. Uh, I think he had an HIA and was replaced. Yes, he went off the concussion, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, went, went, yeah was replaced. So, listen, they, they obviously got a little bit of value off the, the bench as well, um, obviously from tier tier as well. So, you know, a couple of little... Uh, Couple of little tweaks and changes, you know. Um, Caleb Trask went off, and uh, Tia Tia, uh, <clears throat> you're right, Nocturnal Rights, you're a genius, mate. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, uh, those two went off, and there was a, there was you know there was a slight, a slight change with some of the personnel that came on the paddock, and I, I think that played a part. But we should give the the Chiefs a rap as well because uh, the Hurricanes had an op- a couple of opportunities to put this game away. We're um, disciplined for a bit, let the Chiefs down, and I think the, the Hurricanes might have kicked to the corner, but there were a couple of really good defensive plays leading up to that uh, uh, first try by Tia Tia as well. So uh, uh, credit to the Chiefs for that. It just seemed like they found their mojo, and I think out of those defensive plays, they found some confidence. I think they actually took confidence into the uh, into the halftime break, Steve, because Brad Weber was held up right on the hooter over the line. And um, if it was anybody with a little bit more weight, he probably would have been able to get himself down um, in the tackle to score. So they did really well um, in the way that they constructed that opportunity just before the half. And so I think they took some good momentum, even though they didn't score, into that second half. Um, but just one other thing. I don't think you're allowed to say Fat Man's Alley anymore, Steve. Oh, shivers. Okay. Yeah, be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yes, the Broadcasting Standards Authority will be on to us if you got if anybody <laughs> makes any error, makes any complaints. Um, the, so, um, but uh, that's fine, folks. Just look, everyone, please continue making complaints about some um, uh, Tereo um, um, uh, intros, and that, that that'll keep the Broadcasting Standards Authority um, uh, busy for now. Um, the, um, um, look, any publicity is uh, good publicity. Sorry, any publicity is good publicity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, the, the 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 Hurricanes did fight fight back with a um, a line out more try to take the lead. Sorry, to extend. Um, I'm getting myself all mixed up. No, line out more try took the lead for the um, Chiefs, um, and uh, Jordy Barrett then had a big miss with 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 the, with with the penalty, but then had a harder one out wide on the halfway line uh, that he puts over. To put the hurricanes back in front. Oh, that would have been what 58, 58 meters on the angle, right out on the junction of the of, of the halfway line. Yeah, just absolutely an unbelievable strike. That's sort of uh, uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, that, don't forget this is not this is not on the elevated uh, um, area of high belt of, of, of yeah of the belt of the high belt. The high belt. So, yes. so uh, yeah, really, really good strike, and you just thought. Mm, Maybe, but boy, momentum's a, a wonderful thing. The, the Chiefs get that attacking ball, and here we go again. That, 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 but they have to go back. That kick was just an amazing. The the one prior, prior to that, that was just uh, that was strange. <laughs> it actually ended up between halfway between the goalposts and the goal and the try line. That one, and then he yeah. backs it up with something that's more difficult and knocks it over, looking like he was basically going down the par five, and now he's a wedge out. So yeah, uh, great. Yeah, so so good mental strength there from 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 Geordie to to be able to put that that other kick to the back of his mind because it was an absolute shocker. 
and one of those ones that, that, that could play on a, a kicker's mind um, for several games, actually. Uh, but yeah, they put that out of his mind, put the next one over. So yeah, Jordy, Jordy showing his class with that one. Um, uh, Luke Jacobson then, um, the uh, uh, after a turn off, uh, turnover sorry, from the kickoff, the Chiefs go through the phases, camp in uh, the Hurricanes half, and Luke Jacobson goes over. Luke Jacobson also gets the turnover um, that, uh, or gets penalty for, uh, at the breakdown um, that gave DMAC a chance to uh, slot a, a kick um, to add icing to the cake, but it was, uh, or, or to, to, to make it two scores, um, but DMAC missed that one. Um, yeah, so Luke Jacobson coming into some of the kind of form that got him picked as an all-black a couple of years ago now. Yeah, yeah just down the front, just listen, the, the longer the game went, I think the more he came, came into, into the yeah. game. But once they, <clears throat> once they definitely found that momentum, yeah, he was, he was very, very good, especially in those, uh, in those crucial minutes towards the, uh, towards the end of the game. Listen, at, at the end of the day, this was a very, make no mistake, this was a very well-deserved win. For the for the Chiefs, they they showed a lot of bottle to uh, to hang in there. Uh, this is one thing I also enjoyed. I, I don't know how many uh, penalties there were in the game, but it was refreshing to see no yellow or red cards. Uh, nine and ten, as far as the uh, penalties count goes, which is pretty low, which is good. You try and aim for single figures, so that's pretty. Yeah, both of those um, pretty much on the on, on the button there. Um, I think story of this one is that the the key men for the for the for the Chiefs stood up in that second half. And took this game. The key players for the Hurricanes went kind of a bit missing. Lam Mappy disappeared in that second half. Idi Surveyor didn't um, have a big game in that second half. Um, and then, which basically just leaves with Jordy Barrett as, as kind of key players for, for, for the Canes in that one. Yeah, look, um, the interesting comments from um, Gibbs at the end of the game is that, oh, they were, you know, after the first half, they were bored. I didn't quite get what, that's what he said on air. No. He goes, you know, the team was bored. Looked like, you know, they got bored out there. It's like, what? And it's just like, hang on, that means that, I mean, Savi's the captain. Um, what's he doing out there? He really did, not only did his game um, fall off the foils, but then his captaincy did too, if they're getting bored and they're not getting racked up about lifting their game. That, that's a good point. That's a good point, Ashwin, because it was very noticeable. when there were, Whenever there was a break, Sam Kane was always talking to his uh, troops as well, so I, I know the All Black skipper does get a lot of criticism from various parts. You know, not just his captaincy, but whether he deserves to even keep his place in the All Black side. But I, I think last night was was just really, really an, an example that uh, he is the Premier Seven and uh, why he should be the uh, current skipper of the All Blacks. Yeah, I mean, long-term White right, says, look, that Gareth Evans needs to be back for the balance in that back row of the Hurricanes. Um, either that or you want to start with um, Flanders. Um, maybe he might lose his other option as well. Um, he's uh, uh, been an improving player over the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, uh, playing both um, um, Sadea and Karifi, do you really have is, – is that the right kind of balance in the back row of the Hurricanes? Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, also, I think that just the, the – the, um, off the bench as well. I like Liam Mitchell uh, as a player. He's been very good to interview with me, but I think he's more a six than he is a, than he is a lock. Uh, it's, yeah, just perhaps a little a, a lacking a bit of uh, a little bit of grunt off their bench um, for the uh, for the Hurricanes in this one. Whereas I think, as we've already said about Finau, um, uh, players like Nankville, Tia Tia coming off that bench for the uh, for the Chiefs um, had more of an impact than the uh, 
than the Hurricane City. Um, probably a good time now to uh, to ditch Arsenal again as we head back across the ditch um, for the um, uh, for, for the uh, Super Rugby game between um, the Reds and um, the Western Force. Now, I think a lot of us would have um, uh, would, would have expected this one to be a basically one way traffic for the Reds uh, in this one. Um, but uh, the force stood up a lot better than than that, and really kind of I think took a took a um, a, a, a a page from the uh, rebels' defensive book um, in this one, and really did manage to um, uh, cause the Reds some problems on defence, um, or, or and and uh, and, and have that spirit which where we've had this force, obviously a brand new team, a lot of players put together. Um, obviously not. I mean, the force been around for a while, but. Um, as far as the personnel on the park goes, um, a lot of new players, and that always impacts you defensively because you tend to miss a lot of tackles. In this one, they made 85 of 110 tackles or 77% tackle rate, which is appalling. Um, but they did manage to uh, really frustrate this Reds team uh, in that first half. Oh, uh, very much so. Very much so, Paul. And I think there were a couple of times the scrum actually got on top of the Reds, which, you know, we all know the Reds have got a got a very mm. good scrum but they just they really just wouldn't uh, wouldn't go away i think i remember that recall um, one time they were under advantage and there was a run down the flink so they just look like the they they're identifying opportunities way better paul no absolutely and they, they, they stuck in this one all the way to nearly the hour mark um before um and it did take the reds a bit like they did against rebels it took the um, the reds deliberately tried to run the rebels off their feet and and uh decided they were going to be fit in the opposition um and um uh yeah a late uh, late scores by the reds yet again uh, were required to were, were required to win at this one um uh as i as i missed up mex mech messed up and talked about hunter hunter paisami in the first game um well, i should need to work this one he had a cracking game and really has now nailed himself on as a um a wallaby star so the question is is he going to sign 12 or 13 um and who is going to join him in that midfield um, combination. Um, so you've got to say that, so yeah, the Reds uh, with O'Connor um, still playing some, um, add, adding a bit of uh, um, experience um, to that back line where you've got mm -hmm. such a, a young combination with Persami Pattaya, um, Vinivalu, who is in his first year at Super, at um, in, in Rugby Union, um, Dori Assisi, um, who I've, to be honest, had never heard of until this game. Um, so basically, you've got Jock Campbell at fullback, who is again not an old guy, uh, and James O'Connor with the kind of the, the, the two kind of experienced heads in here trying to run the, run this team around. Um, but so yeah, you've got to say James O'Connor captaining this team really, really well, um, and, uh, and and leading this young team um, fantastically. Yeah, you know, I've got to say, Paisami, I think the uh, I think we'll try that push the red reds reds out to about uh, 19, 19, 16. That he scored, and that was off a dummy, and basically caught the uh, little Argentinian halfback out with just just a straight dummy. So you know you, you've just you've just got to make the tackle, and, and you know um, to get beaten by a dummy like that, I thought was a, a little bit disappointing. But you know the Reds are one of those sides. They boy, when they get their, when they get their mojo, they they can score tries from anywhere. Yeah, Vunivalu is starting to show um, some of the reason why they went over to rugby league to get him. Um, so fourteen to three at half time, and the the, the the force did really well to uh, say 
at, at 14 three, at 43, they could have um, really folded. Um, but they fought back in that first half to make it just a one-point game at halftime. Even took the lead at the beginning of the second half. Um, and even and even and were, were, were I say nineteen all after fifty-six minutes with another penalty um, by McIntyre. But look, um, one of the problems this Western Force have had uh, is is has been also scoring tries as well. Um, and that's one thing you've read, this Reds team can do. So unsurprising to see Jock Campbell um, score the try to win it just before, um, with, with about 30 minutes to go. Yeah, and, and, and once again, that came off uh, some good work from uh, Suliasi Vunavalu, um, our uh, convert that's come over from the, uh, the the Melbourne Storm, just showing showing his strength. I mean, as we spoke about him, big rocks and diamonds, you thought he was more rocks <laughs> uh, last week, but I think there was a few more diamonds thrown in. Uh, this week, so just showed some really, really good, uh, good, good skills along the way. And um, um, the uh, Fiji unlock number eight also catches the eyes as well. Who's in the uh, in the Queensland Reds? Yeah, I think uh, I think he might That's have even there. Yeah, he's very good. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, knocks on rights in the in the, in the live chat there. Um, yeah, look, it's it's it, it really now is kind of uh, what is that um, centre midfield look going to look like for? The Wallabies are they going to go with O'Connor, Paisami, Pattaya, um, or um, are they going to go with um, O'Connor, um, Tamua, Paisami? Um, we'll have to just see how that me personally, Paul. I'd, I'd like to say, see you know, Tamua, Paisami, and um, of course, uh, Pattaya would, would, would basically be, be my choices in, 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 the, in the midfield. Um, I just like the fact that I mean, so I know. Uh, James O'Connor's got got the whole leadership going on, on. But I think defence. I think defensively, Tumor does most things right. We we all know he's a good defender. We also know that he can he can take a tackle as 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 well. I can think back to one of the games where he got absolutely smashed, but you know still still soldiered on. He, he's a he's a he's a very good footballer. Paul, we would um, probably be remiss of us just to have a quick look at the table as well. Now, that's exactly what I was about to do. So, yes, yeah, so the Queensland Reds top the table with four wins um, from four games uh, and uh, 18 points there. So two bonus points so far. The Brumbies uh, with uh, three wins that lost to the Reds um, and uh, three bonus points are on 15 points. So three points behind them. Then it's the Reds um, with uh, two wins and two losses um, and four bonus points. Uh, so a bonus point in every single one of their games um, on 10 points. Uh, the Rebels, the um, the Force then on six points with a win and um, a couple of bonus points. And the uh, New South Wales with four losses on the bounce um, and just the one bonus point in last place and minus 100 on the points difference across those four games. So averaging, uh, what was that, 27, um, uh, a, a loss, uh, yeah, losing by 27 points a game for the Tars. Uh, it's a tough old season for those guys in Sydney, you've got to say. Um, and I think, look, we're going to see the Queensland Reds or the Brumbies are going to top the table. They're going to be playing the Rebels in that um, in the semi-final, um, and the final is going to be those two Reds and Brumbies. Um, it's uh, is, is how it's going to pan out. It's uh, uh, I think that order. The only thing that might change is first and second, third, fourth, and fifth are going to stay the way they are for the rest of the season. So then, um, hello, Ashwin. We'll, we'll let you come back. We're going to talk about Blues versus um, the Crusaders, and you were sat behind the posts, weren't you? I was sat behind the posts, and um, yeah, it was um, not a bad. As, as um, I think, who was it? Batman said 
it's actually a pretty good game, I thought. Um, and this is like, I mean, you know, jumping to the end result, but um, not not too disheartened in the way that the Blues played. Uh, I think um, th- that would have been a good learning curve for them, and they, they've actually seen areas of the game which they need to um, tighten up. And they basically, I think, they've got the capable. They'll, they'll go away from that game believing that they've got the capability to tip the Crusaders over. Also, lots of learnings, eh? Um, in that one, to use that, that, that horrible language. Oh, well, not, not, not so much the learnings, but they, I think it's not learnings, actually. I think the learnings were actually um, uh, minimal. The learnings were, as, as Steve alluded to offline, as the uh, coaches got more probably more learnings out of it than the players did, actually. Um, but what the players would have built as a self-belief is like, oh, wow, we actually do this, this, and this really well. We just got to do more of it, and it, we're in the money. Uh, it's they're not a long way away. Now, the scoreline, I don't think, reflects what how the game actually went at the end of the day. No, I think I think what 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 we saw though was that uh, in that first half, um, the Blues dominated possession and territory, um, but uh, once they're in the twenty-two, they struggled to score points or score tries. Um, we had a, um, a a series of scrums where. Um, they would get a penalty. Uh, they, they couldn't score. They um, they would give away a penalty, and then one of the uh, Crusaders would do a silly thing like push one in the head, so the penalty would get reversed. Um, then we'd have another penalty, another another scrum where the Blues again gave a, uh, one a penalty, and each time they're just not going to go over that line, um, but keep going back to uh, choosing a scrum at penalty time. Eventually, they lose the penalty. They lose uh, they lose the penalty at the scrum yep. time, and, and and that pressure gets relieved. Um, Whereas the Crusaders, if we look at their um, their scores, they would go into the opposition twenty-two, uh, uh, especially early on. So they had like some like forty-seven seconds in the in the twenty-two compared to two minutes by the Blues, and yet um, they'd scored three times, um, or, or yep. um, whereas the Blues had only scored like once. Um, and and you kind of like and, and they were leading. You're like, yeah, okay. That again, that clinicalness, that ability to turn pressure into points. Was what uh, was a key difference in this one? Listen, guys, I'll I'll share a conversation that I, I had with the um, high performance guy from Northern Rugby yesterday. He just filled me in that Rennie Ranger has been uh, been released from uh, from the Crusaders. He was down there as uh, as injury cover, and he's heading off to um, to uh, Japan to join uh, the team coached by Robbie Deans in a couple of weeks time but um i said oh well, did ranger say anything about the uh, setup in the crusaders and uh, he said he was just staggered at the amount of time that they put into attention to detail he said basically most mornings guys were on ipads it was pretty much like classroom they were pretty much drilled on on the little technical things that will win you that will win you contests um that will basically get decisions going your way. Um, and compared to what, now it's obviously been a few years since Rangers been in the blue setups, but he said they were like night and day, apparently, that these guys have got a real attention to detail, but they also get their development and academy players involved in this process and get them versed in terms of what the expectation is. With, with the top team. You know, it was really funny watching that game sort of told me this is this is, this is exactly why they get good results. They, they are all on the same song sheet and that's why 
Um, I think whenever they were in, in, in the Blues red zone, they just know how to take opportunities. They know exactly what they're doing. Everybody knows their role. Right through to the little kick ahead for, for, Jack, for Jack Goodhue. I kind of watched that try again, and there was almost a couple of blue players. I watched Bryce Heen, and he actually watched what Moanga was doing. For the moment that Moanga started to drop the ball onto his foot, he should have been turning. Brent Hall kicked it. You don't ball watch. You turn to watch that that uh, next move. So that's who Rangers joining the Panasonic Walnuts. But it's just those little attention to detail things. I, th- I think you find that Bryn Hall put put the kick through. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Beg your pardon. Yeah, Bryn. Bryn, yeah, Bryn, yeah. Bryn Hall. Um, that, you know, the, 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 I mean, the disappointing thing. That one, sorry, quickly. Um, and they, and they weren't under advantage. That's the play that every other team does when you're under advantage. They did that when they weren't, which is just again another one of those. Look, it, it doesn't make you know any what? sense to me. It's just like you know the, the the defensive lines are so flat. It's just like they really do need to practice not the long kick through because you've got a defensive fullback that's going to take a long kick through even along the ground, right? It's the one that just goes through the line because effectively that's the they're right on the try line, so it's just gone through the line, right? That's what they need to do. How many times have you seen um, teams under advantage and they'll they'll kick kick to the to the crosswind, um, you know, we are, if you if you basically stick to your structures as though yeah. you, are, you are playing regularly, and yeah, without the penalty play, advantage, yeah, without penalty advantage, then then you then you then you take the, those opportunities and uh, boy, but I, I just knew once that try was scored, I thought, man, this is this is a case of a much smarter team. Well, the other thing is that just just on that point, though, Steve, it's just like you saw that from um, Saturday night's games with the Chiefs and, and Hurricanes as well, is the fact is that they go under penalty advantage and they'll do a stupid play instead of actually just carrying on, like, you know, and, and because the penalty advantage, as long as you've got the ball under control, just go on yeah. forever. So why would you to, kick it away? Yeah, go, go back to your normal... Go back plan. To your normal, go back to your normal structures. Um, you know what? Uh, it's 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 under it's under advantage, um, and if you keep pressing, stick to your stick to your structures. You, you'll ev- yep. you'll eventually crack aside. The um, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I suppose the thing we're talking about to today's game, though, it's, it's like really, I, I think we'll never know. But it's as unfortunate that um, Kurt, Kurt Eklund, you know, two great touches with the ball to score two tries, but at the end of the day, he really did create the momentum shifting. Um, moment when he'd suplex Sever Reese with his La Liga performance. Um, and it's like, oh, that was just disgusting. Oh, I really was, you know, as you know, with rugby people coming from rugby backgrounds forever, it's like that performance for Sever Reese was classic going back to Gregan styles. Oh, I was just absolutely, oh, it just makes your blood boil on that. It's like, mate, go play soccer if you want to do that sort of shit. And I'm serious about that. It's just like, Absolutely makes your blood boil. I don't care what colour jersey you're wearing. If there's a Blues player wearing that, doing that, I don't like it either. It's just like, oh. get up, play the game. But anyway, Kurt, Kurt Eklund, not only does he do the suplex on him, then he misses the tackle on Moanga from the line-out. You know, they got down into the corner. So that was basically, and they just they just scored that try down the, um, well, as I look at it, down the left-hand wing coming towards us at the West End. So nine points, I think, was the difference at that time. And they were yeah. built that they got back them got themselves back in the game a little bit. They got them back yeah, to twenty twenty nine at that point, and then. But leading up to that, one of the we we had the classic Justin Marshall one on the um, 
on the commentary of you don't beat the Crusaders by taking three. And you're like, okay, so how did the Crusaders beat the Blues? Well, um, they, um, at 15-20, they took one, two, three penalties to suddenly go to 15-29, um, and, uh, and they kicked all three of them. You know what? Yes, you can beat the Crusaders by taking threes. They do it as well when it's the right time um, to do so. Yep. Um, now, there was that time, I think it was in the first half, where they went to the, uh, where they did go to the corner uh, to make it, um, when they were 8-10 up, um, to make it to 8-17. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, a, 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 you can beat the Crusaders taking threes. It's about taking your points at the right time. Um, and the Crusaders, that's exactly what the Crusaders did in that second half. Um, was they, yeah, they, yeah, that's that's it. This is basically, it's just like to take the points on offer. Um, I think when you look at that, you, you, the scrums that the Blues had, the Blues were effectively dominant in the scrums. Um, you know, let, let's realise that, and they did beat that scrum, win that scrum battle. But in saying that, um, you know, with the dominance and position that they're having at that time, possibly taking those three points was a better option. And then saying, and then you know, getting together and saying, look, let's get back down there. Let's not do anything stupid. Let's just get back down there and take up take the um take the opportunity of them giving away penalties because they do that they, they, i mean like um i think it was jordan that said it's it like you know blue struggled in the 22 or were the crusaders cynical under pressure which we know that they are yeah uh, yeah hold on to possession because i mean that's that's all they do is, was get over the halfway line hold on to possession until the blues gave away a penalty and kick it over to over three um, that, that, that was I, think he's referring, I think he's referring to when the Blues were attacking in the 22 and the Crusaders giving us away oh, yeah, no, penalty. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but, but, but because because the Crusaders know you're not going to take three, they're yeah. more happy to do that. Um, yeah, because it's sort of like it's it's it's, it's sort of like, like the Justin Marshall comment, isn't it? It's like um, you don't beat the Crusaders by getting threes. It's just like no, you do, but you got to back it up. Is the issue? Is it's like you take the three, and then you got to make sure you get back down there and don't do something stupid. Yeah, it's not. I thought the I, thought, I, I I actually thought the, the scrum contest was was pretty even, but where I thought the Crusaders were, have, were had an edge was with their with their loose forward trio. I thought their their loose forward trio actually shaded the blue the Blues trio. I, uh, to be honest, um, I, I thought Akira was all right. I, I thought Satutu was very quiet in the game. Scored a, scored a try near, near the end off a, a nice Tom Robinson offload, but. Boy, you you saw how much energy both Chait and Robinson actually brought to that team when they when they came on the paddock. Listen, for me, a lot of the damage was done when this team was named. I thought it was very conservative when I when I saw it with Ru, with Ruru at halfback, and I just thought we needed more energy in, in, in the back row. Listen, Akira's gone great in the, in the last last few weeks. He's been he's been fantastic, but to me, Satutu hasn't exactly set set the world set the world on fire and I just think when you're playing a team like the Crusaders I think you've basically got to match them in every position in, in, in the pack and I just thought we were just lacking in energy in but that loose didn't, I'll be honest with you Steve, didn't feel that way uh, it actually felt that they were quite competitive I think that's the disappointing part about them gave, giving away the penalties. I mean, when, you, when you're watching it at the ground and that the defensive line was actually, I mean, yeah, obviously it bend, but they regroup and they would start, and they were holding them. So I, I don't think that they necessarily. I think it was disappointing. There were soft penalties when you look at the offsides. The offsides that penalties that they gave away in particular, because there was about two or three of them that were shots a goal. 
um, they didn't need to because that wasn't where the play went anyway. So um, I, I think that they gave away a few soft penalties and that the, they should have just trusted the defence, which was actually holding up pretty well. I mean, at one stage, look, it was three tries to one. Look, look, looking at the um, um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the sort of tackles, Kiriwani only had to make five tackles, didn't miss any. Gibson only made three. Hoskins Institute has made two um, and uh, missed one. I mean, that really is extremely low numbers of tackles having to be done by your loose forwards. You look at, I mean, Blackadder got through 17. Um, the, um, but the, then is that, is that because of the way the game transpired as opposed to the, you know, getting it outside of those big hits, right? The talk, the talk was all week about how big the Blues pack is. So you're not going to run it at the big Blues forwards, are you? You're going to try and get around the outside of those guys. No, I mean, look, so possibly what they needed to happen was that the defence of those guys like Satutu and Kira needed to get into the wider channels where the ball was being run to by the Crusaders. But it meant that they, I'm say is that they, it wasn't like all their injuries being sucked up by big defending. They had, yep. they, 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 um, they, they made 88 tackles um, out of 100 and, uh, and, and out of 106, so 83%. Okay, um, the um, whereas the Crusaders nearly twice as many, 161 tackles from 182, 88%. So um, the, uh, the 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 Blues had plenty of ball in this game to win this one. Um, they, uh, but um, yeah, those those big ball carriers, as you say, didn't get across the game line in the way that we've got seen them in other ones. And defensively, the Crusaders did a, did a job at halftime, guys. I didn't think for a minute the Blues were going to win that game. I, I, oh, I, look, I, but, but then, Steve, to be fair, I didn't feel that we were going in favorites into that game, right? Oh, I no, mean, at listen, the end of the no, right? So, it's no different at hard time. I, 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 I thought we might be a chance. I didn't think for a moment we were favourites, but I didn't also yeah. think at halftime that we, we... I actually thought the Crusaders would win going away, and that's exactly how it, how it played out. And it just comes back to being that much smarter. You, you know, when their quality players stand up, they really, really stand up. I, listen, I, I think the Blues coaches missed a, a trick. I think they needed to go to the, the beach far earlier. Jonathan Ruru... Yep, absolutely. Ruru was... Uh, yeah. Jonathan Ruru has somehow, in the last year, become the, the preferred best, the, half the preferred halfback. halfback. When you've got two other halfbacks that are way more way more skillful, Look. got better passes, got better game management, got better high kicks. Uh, you know, you saw it with Christie. Christie added something soon as he came on the paddock. But man, man, man alive! He only had twenty four minutes to yep. to basically to put together something. I, I just think it was. Real conservative selections. Yep. That's pretty much what I've what I've posted. And then, the bright the bright scheme selection. Absolutely. Again, really conser- just conservative. You've, totally you've conservative. The, you know, you've got Joseph Nip, Nip, Nipkins, who is an outstanding young talent. My God, you've you've also got Emoni Narawa. You know, once again, good, real good finisher. A lot of lot of pace. Um, you know, you've got, I, I think uh, I, I think it's you, you're right. I think they just got caught in that conservative mindset, and the fact is that look, um, we're building momentum, and, and I don't think they took massive steps backwards today by any means, to be honest. But they're building momentum, and so they were too scared to um, to, to, to risk young players. But the reality is that you, you you only win if you take a chance. You've got to take risks to to get the chocolates, basically. You know, it's it's in life. The people that get ahead in life are the ones that take risk, and that's no different 
it's no different to this. You got to take a risk to 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 break it open, basically. But with, with you comment about the halftime on um, with you, I think the I think the Blues had their worst period before halftime. Straight up, before halftime. Before halftime, I, I thought they'd I thought they'd lost the, the. I thought they were like they were on the ropes. They needed to get into the sheds. They needed to get a talking to, um, and that they, they they kind of lost the plot in that last ten minutes after after a decent start. It felt like they started well. Um, the Crusaders figured them out. They 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 kind of got flustered in that section. I thought they played the second half much better. Okay, That's fine. They still lost it, but I thought I didn't. I didn't see them lose the plot or, or get flushed. Not not lose the plot in an angry way, but kind of disjointed in the way they were before that, halftime. That's what that's what I that's what I based the Crusaders going away and winning on what I saw ten minutes before halftime. <clears throat> I could see they were under pump. That halftime couldn't could not come soon enough for them. And I actually thought to myself, man, if the Crusaders start the second half, they will just take points on offer. Build scoreboard pressure, keep it ticking yeah, over. But Steve, I think that it comes back. Actually, I mean, like more so. I actually think that the coaches dropped the ball on this one a bit because when you look at it, they actually had some good firepower on the bench, and they didn't use it early enough. Right? I mean, like, yeah, it's it's like even with Carl, he came on pretty late in the game too. Now, is he is he's played he's played. Um, he started the game, so we know that he's got. It's not like a fitness issue or anything. It's like, surely you've got fresh prop on there. You'd bring him on there because one thing that actually that period um, when they had a, in the second half where they were really good in attack, they actually started to instead of throwing it wide and trying to bust the Crusaders wide, they started to go take it up up the guts a bit more um, to break it and up 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 the around the fringes a bit more before they threw the ball wide and. Um, Stefan Mittenson makes a good point. He says, oh, it doesn't matter who you've got on the wing, how much ball are they, are they going to get? How much ball did Caleb get? Stefan, part of your problem is your centre. That you, the, the current centre for the Blues is a massive issue issue for me. And it's just his ability to actually set guys up on the on the outside. He, he, he made, he's, actually, he's actually missing a trick. He, he, made, he, made two or three, trick. he made two or three clean breaks. And then basically got shut down because he couldn't connect with his insides could, or outsides. Could, couldn't connect. There was also an opportunity for Caleb Caleb Clark to run, where all he yep. needed to do was shift to because he's a big guy. Jimmy shift. He he'll commit two guys because he's a big guy, and there was space on the outside. He just ran everybody. He just absolutely ran everybody out. out the defence out, out across. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I I was actually confident. The Crusaders were going to win, going away at halftime. I didn't think there was there was only one there was only one winner. Well, I thought I thought the Blues came out better in the second half. Whilst uh, I agree that yeah, that, that that last ten minutes was only one winner. I mean, I'll, never, I'll be honest. I never thought that the Blues the Blues were going to necessarily. I thought they would get in contention in that second half. Um, well, if you the, the things that you've yeah. you've got to be in contention in the last ten, and then anything can happen. Yeah. That's that's what you were basically. And and it's the thing. Hey, look, that is a capable a team to stay in touch that you can then hope for the bounce of a ball or something to go your way in that last 10. And as I said, until the Eklund super fix, it's like they had sort of closed that gap with that great try down the, down the um, left flank or right flank for them. And uh, yeah, offer Tonga Fassi. Uh, yeah. Look, we know if you go into a clear out and you catch someone's head, um, you're going to get carded. Um, he, and okay. So for some reason now we have this, uh, New one, which is the he clipped the face 
football rather than actually hitting the face, apparently. Um, and therefore, it was a yellow rather than a red. Um, so, yeah, whereas previously we've just been said, was there contact to the head? Yes, you're off. Um, so, interesting. I think, there, I think on the on field decision might save them. Paul. Yes, yeah, I think so. Paul, there were, there were signs. Now, the, the, the Blues have made a lot of improvements in, in, in certain areas, but to me, there were signs during that, the, the game, especially when they were going backwards. All, all of a sudden, the players who, who have basically progressed and, 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 and are playing much better rugby started to reverting to type, especially with, the, especially with penalties, not rolling away from rucks quick enough when they actually had plenty of time to, to, to roll away from the rucks. I'm not going to name any names. They know who they are. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, man, these are, these are players who in the past who used to do that sort of thing, got better at it, but not doing doing it again. But better uh, Ashwin, you, you could well be, be right. This this is a this could be a trick that the coaches have, yeah. have missed. But I was really disappointed. I think so. they, did, they did not go to the bench early. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. And the bench was and the um, silly. I mean, like I was a bit dubious when I saw Bryce Heem's name, but then you know. As they always do when any player's signed up, the, 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 it's always the positives of that player. And like, oh, he's been playing really well up north and blah, blah, blah. But I was sort of thinking, geez, he's, he's an old player. Uh, that's the only way you can put it. No, but he's got to have the Jets aren't there and you've got him on the wing, you know? Yeah, and we saw that. We saw that. Here's the issue. He wasn't even in the original squad. No, he's only, he's only been two weeks. He's been two he's, weeks in the squad. He, he, he's come in as a, what, an injury replacement for Johnny, Johnny Musselai. You know, yeah, that's right. If if you get if you're gonna pick these young guys for crying out loud, play them. You you, you know we we spoken, <laughs> you know we spoken about the fallacy of the night before. We our young Rayasi is Rayasi, and we were scratching yeah. our heads. We were scratching our heads a year ago, wondering why the Hurricanes weren't weren't playing them. You know, I don't know. You know the likes of your Netkins and Narawa are very very good players. But you know at the, at the end of the day, I, I suppose we. We're probably focusing too much on the on the Blues because man, there was some there was some really good performances from the Crusaders and man, none none better than than Cody Taylor. God, um, interesting, isn't is it? Because you go back a couple of years and it's just like Dane Coles was our number one All Blacks hooker and Cody Taylor was daylight and, and this year in particular. I mean, like he's he last year wasn't bad for him, but this year in particular, he's sort of gone up another level. Oh well. Cody, Cody Taylor was the uh, was one of those guys who said, "Oh, uh, they're th they they're giving away um, All Blacks jerseys with this Fiji game. He'll be a one cap wonder." <laughs> That's like, like and, and next and next cab off the rent is Ethan Blackadder. Boy, he he, he 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 was good. And listen, one of the breaks he made it was really interesting. It was off a line out after a mistake that Jonathan Ruru has made, and to try and rectify. His mistake. He he tracked the he tracked the first five like an open side would, when he should have actually been tracking across, in in, the, in that second cover, and because he ran out of the line, because he ran straight out of the line, there was no cover there, and Ethan Blackadder went straight through 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 a big hole, and then the play came back to the left, and I think Josh Goodhue made a really really good tackle on. Um, it was the uh, the fullback, um, Will Jordan. Fantastic tackle. Drove him backwards. And who was there on the wrong side of the rack trying to hook the ball back? Jonathan Ruru. And I'm thinking to myself, there's this, this a, this a guy who's just completely lost it, lost his head trying to make right 
all the mistakes that he's made wrong. He's just made in that play. Yeah. So they, just, just a question. Was there any Northland player that had a good night, good game tonight? <laughs> that, no, sorry, non-Northland player that had a good game tonight? <laughs> only, I think there was only well, there was only there was only two Northland players on the paddock, and Robinson, <laughs> I thought, I thought play, played really well. And I, and Josh Goodhue, I mean to say, he he won. He, he was won, naked. He was he, 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 he won. He won his yep. not line. He won his line out ball, and he did his fair share work. But but there were fellows with much bigger reputations. Who uh, I've got to say, mate. To be honest, I, I tell I, you what, I, when you I, when you you saw Josh Goodhue, um. Uh, coming off the field, you, you could see that he was spent. He'd he'd put in a big big shift on the field. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He was, a, he, he was. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people that that sort of question why he's he's in he he's in the side, but there 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 is a reason. I mean to say he he can scrub. He adds real value to their scrub. Now you could have started with Barry, or you could have started with Tuiti Mariner, who I thought was actually really good. He, and, he was good when he carried came. and carried really well. When he came on, so to me, they've they've actually got their locking mix re reasonably correct at at, at this at this stage. But in Akira and Satutu, do you want to have the same sort of player on the field? I, I I don't know. You know, to me, it's it's a coach's call. If if those guys are not working out on the night, I think the coaches have got to read try and read the room really early. And in the case of Ruru, it should have been read at half time. Cool. Okay, guys. I think we're um, coming up on a lot of the stuff that we've we, we, we've we've already talked about um, in this one. But yeah, uh, well done to the Crusaders on on the win. Uh, yes, we've uh, focused a bit more on the Blues, but hey, we're all Blues fans. Um, so unsurprisingly, there, folks. Um, yeah, Blackadder got was, was was the leading tackler um, as, as as well. Um, David Havili uh, and and um, Jack Goodhue didn't do much in attack, but both tackled their hearts out um, with, and they uh, both made fifteen tackles each. Being the second what was the position stats, Paul? Um, I think the Blues probably was <laughs> where they had more positions. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sixty-one percent possession and fifty-one percent yeah. for the Blues. So yeah, no. I mean, oh, you say all the tackling was by, I say, was mm. was they, they they made um, twice as many tackles the Crusaders than the Blues, just about. Um, but uh, so yeah, so we. I don't think yeah people will say oh yeah we didn't see much of Havili, we didn't see much of Goodhue in their centre positions. No, but they held defensively held. Um, the Crusaders together uh, in, in, in that piece. So, um, well, the Crusaders, uh, look, we do need them to lose at some point because otherwise it becomes a, bit of, it becomes a procession um, to the title. Uh, and um, But, boy, they are a cracking setup. let's be honest. Well, it's good to lose now rather than in the final. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you're in the final. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, out of after today's game... I mean, the Chiefs won last week, but I mean, and, and you know, you always start as chance, but just like you said, um, Steve, with the Crusaders against the Blues today, the reality is, is that that's a scary prospect for the Chiefs after getting back on the band, uh, getting back on the wagon, is to face yeah. the Blues next week. But one thing, one thing I will say, just watching the intensity of today's game compared to what we saw last night, and even compared to to what they what we actually saw at Eden Park's seven days ago against the Highlanders. It, it, it's next level. It's next it's level, next. absolutely. Mm. Um, so a quick look at the table at the moment. Look, Crusaders obviously top the table with 18 points off their four games. Everyone else has played one less game. So the Crusaders have a bye next weekend. So at least next weekend we won't have a Crusaders win. Um, <laughs> the, um, 
so we, so we can keep up the uh, envy up north. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I had to say yes. Um, Blues in second place on uh, nine points with uh, the two wins. Then the Highlanders with one win um, and two losses on five. The Chiefs with one win and two losses on four. And the Hurricanes with just one point with three losses there. Um, look, again, a bit like the um, the Australian Conference, where I think we can pretty much call the final already. Uh, it's um, it's the Blues are looking are looking very good for that second spot. Um, I would say the Highlanders are about the only ones that, that maybe um, could um, could upset them. Um, but I think the Blues should be finishing second, and it's a question mark as to how the other three finish. Um, Highlands, I think, will be third, and it's and the, the, the Chiefs and Hurricanes will have to see how that goes. Um, so um, a, a few uh, pulled faces there, so maybe uh, I'm calling this a bit too early, um, according to Stephen, uh, with that one. Um, but we'll see how the table pans out. Um, thank you very much, Arshwin. Thank you much, Stephen, for joining me yet again here on the uh, review show. Arshwin will be back hopefully tomorrow night with the um, swinging the no board meeting um, and uh, with. Uh, Obviously, uh, the new series between Bangladesh uh, and um, New Zealand back, and the Black Caps will be uh, will be key on that one. Um, was there a game? Was there a game of cricket played yesterday? There was a game of cricket played yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't it very long. Um, the um, uh, and then, um, uh, on Tuesday we'll have the uh, driving wall show uh, where we might cover off a bit of the uh, Six Nations that's been uh, going on. Um, as well in that one. So um, do uh, stick it around here on New Zealand Sports Radio for all the shows that are coming up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 